Yo. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. So free yourself a safe space for your concerns. We got things to learn, habits to unlearn. Always deconstructing and reconstructing. Can you see the beauty that's in destruction? If there's an end, the new beginning's coming. Nothing yeah. comes easy, does yeah. it? You gotta yeah. really jump. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. Hello and welcome to Healing Out Loud Unhinged While Anchored. I am your host, Goddess, and I am here with Nakia Shai. She is retired and has time. All the time. <laughs> How are you today, Nakia? I am making it today. Today is a, a blah day in the retired life, but you know, we have our outstanding, amazing days. We have sometimes our not so great days, and today is just one of those in between days. I understand. I woke up pretty emotional today, but that's just kind of how life goes for me sometimes. <laughs> for most so, of <laughs> what my listeners won't know is that you are retired military. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's why, that's one of the reasons you got some time because <laughs> you were pretty busy before. So Absolutely. you say you have time, but I know that you stay busy. What do you do during the day? Like, I know that you're big into your church. Tell us about Nakia. Okay, so... When there is nothing to do on the calendar, I wake up, I do my yoga, I go on my three-mile walk, I come back home, I do what most people do, I binge watch TV. Um, but on a regular day, like today, um, you caught me in between me working on a lesson plan for, um, I teach for a nonprofit Christian university um, that they do, mo most of their students are abroad, they're international, and um so I create lesson plans, uh, lecture, lecture notes. Um, so I'm working on that. I have my first module that's due tonight at midnight. You know, who, you know, even though you have time, who says procrastination is not something you still tend to, tend, you know, tend to do. So I'm doing that. I travel to train ministries and their leaders. Um, because I'm retired, when there are things that are happening in people's lives, I'm able to pick up and go and see about them. If they need me to come and see about them, it's been a couple of days because I can do that. I'm not uh, tethered to that. And then there's always a sorority stuff that keeps me very, very, <laughs> very, very busy. I'm a uh, vice president for one of the, the chapters. So that in our second largest chapter in the org. So that keeps me busy dealing with different emails and different issues and isms that happen in just life and, and connectedness and things that have transpired post COVID. I think that COVID has uh, shifted our nation indefinitely and people are still trying to navigate that pivot. So that's me in a nutshell. All right. Now she did mention the sorority and I, and I was on uh, yesterday, I recorded my show with Sheila uh, Nakia is the vice president of Alpha Mu, which is the chapter that I reside in. 
Um, and I'm on the social media team, so I get to drive her crazy all the time. And I do it very well, especially because I have ADHD and she likes detail. So we are... <laughs> We are a very unique team. <laughs> well, you know, I'm finding after, you know, when, when you have a bunch of time, you go down the TikTok and the Google rabbit hole, the abyss of information that may be good or bad. And I think I may have some adult ADHD myself. So I understand it. Um, but yeah, we all have our methodology and things of how we work with and cope with. Uh, being uh, what they call it neurodivergent that's the new word it's a new term that I've it just learned yes. <laughs> no I um I'm, I definitely don't want to tread too far into you know some things but there's a video that you posted on TikTok that is very okay. powerful so powerful the song haunts me oh. <laughs> Like I will wake up out of a dream and that song is playing in my head. And I just, we uh, don't have to go into the situation. I'm not looking for details. I just wanted to celebrate the video because mm. that was a big moment for you, the woman. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. while to share that. Um, you know, and I just, you know, part of my platform is healing. As you know, mm -hmm. we wanted to do Year of the Woman. And part of that is exactly what you did in that video. You know, it was amazing. Um, again, this is not what we're here for. I'm not trying to pull you into that emotional space. I just recognize how much you have overcame that you've internalized mm -hmm. and now you're in a position mm -hmm. where you're having to basically re-enter the military <laughs> you know and and I mean that in the most respectful of ways but you really do mm -hmm. have to delegate as if you're on a battlefield a lot of the time and mm -hmm. you're not given the space to be Nakia and I just, mm -hmm. I want to celebrate the fact that you do it with such grace. Thank but also, you. how? <laughs> Tell us how you do it. We can talk about the video. We can talk about the video. Um, so all of us have gone through breakup. All of us have gone through heartache. All of us have gone through breakup. And I don't mind talking about it. Um, I, engaged, I was engaged in 2021. And that engagement ended abruptly. Um, I didn't, it, 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 when I say abruptly, abruptly, I'm going to the details of how it ended, but it ended up ending. And it left me with a hole that, uh, that we are what, that was August of 2021. This is April, 2023. And there's still some residue of that. If we're being honest, when I think that when you truly love somebody, you don't ever really let go of that love. It may turn into some other things. We say, well, if, you know, you may it may turn into bitterness. Well, if you have bitterness there, that means the love is still there. If there's hate there, that means the love is still there. Um, it's just one of those things that you don't really um, get over as quickly as you would want to. But in that moment, um, I still had some things of his in my house. Mm -hmm. And I'm a believer that 
things and objects carry energy. They carry memories. They carry frequencies, whatever you want to call it. And they were disrupting my peace in my home. And initially, I didn't want to throw it away because, you know, we go into that phase of, well, what if we get back together? Maybe it wasn't what I thought it was. And we keep that, that hope there that it's not healthy <laughs> because it was over. It was legitimately over, but we tend to prolong the process. And then one day I woke up and was like, I need to get this mess out of my house. So the video was me going through and throwing out the trash. It really was, it was a, it was trash day. Legitimately, I had to take my trash cans to the curb. It was me throwing all the things in the trash and taking the trash to the curb. And I did look back at it one last time. And that was my, my uh, way of saying that that was it. Like I looked to make sure that the trash was still there, that I somehow did not go back and go back and get it. Cause you know how we do as women. Yes. We, yes. Or as people. Let me, go grab a shirt. let me go grab a shirt really quick. No, let me just do right. that. Right. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that last look back was me. That was the last look of that relationship. And even if I were to see him today and he wanted to reconcile today, it could never be. Because that last look was the last. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, but it it definitely, and the song you chose was definitely powerful. <laughs> like, like I said, it, it haunts me. Um, so... So with StreamYard, um, it does have some lag uh, because of the broadband that it uses. No so, um, but I just, you know, I have been on my own healing journey and I didn't have to throw anything away, but I did have to do some self uh, garbage removal. <laughs> And so I I completely appreciated that you had reposted that video just the other day. Um, I'm a believer that everything is intentional and on time. I think we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> We can leave. I'll pause. <laughs> I said, oh, the devil is busy. The devil is busy. <laughs> it is all good. It is all good. And, um, you know, that's that's how it happens sometimes. There's probably oh, something yeah. that you were about to say that spirit said. And God said, not right now. Not right now, Nakia. Not right now. <laughs> Possibly. But so t what was your question? Because I know that you were probably in the middle of asking me a question. I don't think I heard that last question. I want to be able to answer that for you. I was just saying that, you know, how do you manage to handle everything? Because I see what you are internalizing, but you mm -hmm. manage to handle it with grace. 
that's a strength that not many people have, let alone women. Mm-hmm. I, so some of it is healthy, some of it is unhealthy. If we, if we can, you know, talk about the year of the woman, by default, you know, being a person who is unmarried, single, lives alone, if I fall down, I have no one to fall back on. Much like single mothers, if you fall down, you have nothing, no one else to fall back on because you are it. (laughs) And so we sometimes develop some unhealthy ways of soldiering on or just moving forward that we suppress a lot of things. We don't address a lot of things. We make sure everyone else is taken care of and we think about ourselves last. The past 18 to 20 months, I've been in constant therapy. I've done therapy before and I've always been an advocate for therapy. But one of the ways that I've navigated this recent stuff in uncovering some things that I've just suppressed for years and never dealt with is by way of therapy. Now, what therapy looks like for me may be different than what it looks like for someone else. I see a therapist, but everyone's therapy journey is going to be unique to them. Absolutely. Right? So for me, what worked for me is me seeing a therapist and she's, uh, she is someone that I can talk to about the things that I don't want to talk to about with people that I know. And so this is why therapy works best for me is I don't know this lady. I don't have a friendship with her. I don't feel like she's going to judge me. I don't think she's going to look at me less than. I don't think that, you know, she's going to say, oh my gosh, or treat me too delicately because I had a moment. That works better for me versus somebody that I know that if I confess all the things and the stuff to, now they're looking at me like, well, you know, I know she's going through something. So I don't, I want to treat her differently. So I get to compartmentalize my life. And that's what has worked best for me is when I'm dealing with relationship stuff, that's the relationship compartment. When I'm dealing with work things, that's the work compartment. When I'm dealing with friend thing, that's the friend compartment. I just um, put things in their respective places. And that worked for years, or I thought it was working for years. And what it did was just delay the feelings that I stuffed in those boxes. So now with the help of someone who helps me navigate so I don't go down the rabbit hole or the abyss of my emotions because I've waited so long to deal with them, they can be consuming and overwhelming. Um, she helps me navigate how I'm feeling and put the right words in the right place and has helped me understand that it's okay to have, it's okay to have boundaries. So if I don't want to talk on Monday then I don't want to talk on Monday and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not concerned about letting people down or um, their need for, to talk to me. If I don't feel like talking, that's okay. But also communicating, I'm in a space where I don't want to talk and l- sitting that with people and then they deal with that, how they want to deal with that. If they want to have a tantrum, okay, you can have it. I'm not going to, because I told you, I don't feel like today is not a talking day. Um, And allowing me the the latitude that other people sometimes are are afforded 
as a black woman, sometimes I, I have felt that my blackness doesn't allow me the same right to be hurt, injured, cry, um, show emotion as some of my other counterparts because I'm always supposed to be strong. I'm always supposed to bear the weight of the world. And she's allowed me to help me navigate through those spaces well and to find language for people who don't share my same journey and, and accept their journey as their journey. And we are living proof of that yes. theory because we have differing opinions on therapy and mm -hmm. what works for you doesn't work for me because I actually need the opposite where I need it to be somebody that I love because I look for that compassion piece. And so the way you framed it right now, it does allow me a different articulation to explain my reason why it doesn't work for me. It's because I do need that compassion piece. I, I need that familiarity. Um, so if I need a hug in that moment, I know I can get a hug, you know, so I, I can understand it from your perspective. Um, you know, I just, I also, it definitely helps me understand you a little bit better. Um, and one of the things that another that you've been working on <laughs> is delegating tasks to your team. <laughs> Uh, yes. she's, she's doing better. She's doing better. Um, she's definitely delegating. She's trying to, um, but it's old habits die hard. Um, and she's done very well. She's done very well. It's I actually know. a trauma response. I can believe that. I can believe that. It is. It is. Therapy helped me navigate that piece. I didn't realize that me needing to do everything was not that um, I didn't think other people were capable. It was because when I needed people to be there, they weren't there. So I've just learned to do it myself. Um. And then over time, it comes across as a need for control. And that's not it. It's just I'm afraid that if I give it to you, that you're going to not be there. That's powerful. That that's a that's a very unique way to look at it. I I had never thought of it that way before, but that's true. It's, it is. So I'm, I got conditioned to, you know what? When I needed it the most, people weren't there. So if I just do it myself, then I don't have to worry about people not being there. Then I don't have to worry about being let down because they weren't there. So I just do it myself. And I get in my own way where I already know that I'm going to disappoint you somehow. So I'm just going to disappoint you. Um, you know, the case being with I am getting better. I, I, I'm trying to because I'm at the computer every day now, um, mm -hmm. work it into my pattern to ensure that I'm meeting my daily tasks for the sorority as well. 
Right. You know, because I, I do, I, I tend to get lost in my environment or I'm lost in my own emotion. And it's not that I intentionally forget. It's just, it's gone. You know, I was on a sales call yesterday. I was texting, trying to add service to my uh, internet and got distracted, forgot I was in the sales message and didn't remember till hours later and then had to start all over again because I forgot. Um, but it's right. that simple. It's just that quick that my my thought is just taken. Um, demon, that's what we call him here because nobody knows who he is. Demon <laughs> calls it squirreling. Um, only because of the Instagram moniker. It's not demonic. I don't, it's not demonic. So just mm -hmm. so everybody is aware, mm -hmm. I, I'm not calling him a demonic person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he uh, says that I squirrel um, because of how fast my thoughts disappear. Um, and so I, right. I, if I lose my thoughts, if you remind me where I was, I will get it back. But it just, if I have an intrusive thought, mid-sentence, the thought becomes my focus and I just, my words just disappear. <laughs> and I can understand that. I can, I, I can, I can understand that. So outside of the sorority uh, and your ministry, there mm -hmm. is a hobby that you like to do that you're very adamant about and it involves long dresses and a lot of movement and you do that very well you talking about ah, dancing i am <gasps> yes miss nakia dances and she just lets the spirit overtake her and she just moves and tell us about that. What got you into that? Because if you think about it, it is the exact opposite of your personality. Ah, yeah. Liturgical dance. So um, it is something that <laughs> uh it is a better it is a very vulnerable and letting go thing and that's just not me so you're right um so my mom would tell you i've been dancing since the womb like i was tap dancing on different parts you know how you know I... <laughs> yeah and um dance has always or music has always been a part of my life my father um you know he's gone on on to be with the Lord, but he's a singer, a singer, songwriter. Um, I grew up in a family of singers and musicians and songwriters and music was always part of my life. And I've always had a love of music, but I cannot sing to save my life. All my cousins <laughs> on my father's side can sing. And I would get very angry with my mom. I blame my mom. I, this is what I tell my mom. You're the reason why I can't sing. You're, you're the only anomaly in this equation. Because everybody else can do it. There's something about you, lady. Yes. <laughs> messed up my ability 
to be able to sing. And I don't appreciate it. But I got the, I write poetry and I dance. And it is just something where I've always been, been able to rely on dance to find my safe place, my peaceful place, my my most authentic self, the one place where I didn't have to conform to anything, the one place where life just makes sense is to be lost in the notes and the beats and the cadence of what music is. And it doesn't matter what genre of music. And we all have a spiritual awakening, whatever that looks like for you, whether it is Buddha, um, Judaism, Islam, um, whether it's Scientology, it doesn't matter. We typically have some type of spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And mine happened when I was at church and watching this woman dance. It wasn't the sermon. It wasn't the greeters, it wasn't any of those things. It was just me being mesmerized because I get to, I saw that my passion can still be used as a way of evangelizing. And I was like, oh, wow. So I wasn't given this gift for no reason. Like, you know, we all have gifts that are meant for purposes beyond our own self. Absolutely. That's my feeling. Absolutely. And when I saw it, I was like, say that again. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So when I saw her, it was like this angel. It was just, I had a, it felt like an out of body experience. Mm -hmm. And I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And since 2000, the end of 2005, that's what I've been doing. And I've, grown in that area and that aspect of it. I've written two books about it. I have been called on to teach other people how to do it and train ministries and leaders how to incorporate it in their worship expression. And it's just something that, and you're right, it is, if you see me do it, it is the probably the most peaceful you'll ever see me. The most light you'll ever see me is doing that. You speak of spiritual awakening, and I had one myself. But of course, because I'm difficult, it's not <laughs> it's not your run-of-the-mill one. And it was, it did involve the Bible. However, mm-hmm. I read it as if I was reading myself. So I read the book of James as if I was reading my autobiography, and I broke down. I can see that. And so I personalized it in a way that I actually said out loud, Grandma, I am reading this Bible and it's not the way that you read it. And I don't know if that's okay. And, but I was never called to read another book. I was never brought to read any other thing in the Bible, just the book of James. And I was determined to read the book of James. And so for some strange reason, I feel I am James. And that's not something that you could really say to people too much because of the correlation of the religious aspect of it. But 
I started to take the verse away from the Bible and read it as a whole. And so that's kind of where my awakening came from was personalizing it and taking away the mythical type magic associated to it written through the, the word of man and just mm -hmm. put it to more of a personal sense for myself. And so I did have a huge breakdown and I have it captured on um, TikTok a video mm -hmm. and it says, I found God. But when I said that, it was in the sense of me being his child. And right. so it was, I am goddess, which is my name, but in true essence, I would be a goddess because I am a child of God. And so it was that big kind of full 360 moment for me. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what led me to go a little crazy the last few months. <laughs> well, we're all supposed to be able to find ourselves in the text and those are letters. So, you know, when you look at it in, in the original sense, so now you've activated my nerd. When you look at it the, <laughs> in the original sense, James is a letter. It's not James 1 verse 5. When it was originally written, it was just a letter. So the whole thing was one entity wasn't broken up into parts and paragraphs. I mean, well, chapters um, and verses. It was just one letter and then the whole thing conveyed something and we're supposed to see ourselves in the text. We're supposed to read ourselves in there. We're supposed to find ourselves in there. And I think you're right. Sometimes Western, the Western view of religion or Christianity more specifically has created some other barriers and things that is, is really easy and really basic. It really right. is supposed to be that, that, that simple. And we've made it very, very convoluted and, and it's not how it was originally meant. So that makes sense to me that you could see yourself in it because we should be able to find ourselves in, in the text. And I will be honest and say, I was led to it because I have religiously stayed away from the Bible. I, and I, <laughs> I, can, I can see that. <laughs> You know, it was because I, and I'll be honest, ever since I was young, I refused to listen to another person's interpretation of the words. It just always felt disingenuous to me because it always felt like they were pushing their belief on me and how they broke down the punctuation. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, how you break it down is how you interpret it. And mm -hmm. I just never was able to relate to it in a personal way. Once I broke away from the religion and stepped more into spirituality, mm -hmm. then it made sense. Then finally it made sense because I just, I put it into a more broader spectrum because I'm chaotic and it just makes, it's just easier for me. <laughs> but I did have a better appreciation of him as he sits in the form of religion to where I can fluctuate and say spirit, knowing that if I have a conversation with you, I can change that word and say God. And it's not a disservice to any thing. You know, mm -hmm. it, if, the, if the true definition of God is 
all forgiving and all knowing, then he does know my heart and he doesn't care if I call him spirit, God, Buddha, you know, whatever moniker I need to put him under, he's going to relate to that because that's what I need for my own comfort. And so there was this show back in the early 2000s um, and it was where the image or the person or the entity of God would appear in a random stranger. <laughs> what show? Was that touched by a stranger? Um... The, but she, uh, yeah, in the, it was, the song was, what if God was one of us? Mm. Yeah. And I will tell you that song is where I really started to split. Mm-hmm because it made sense to me in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that if I need a bunny, because that's the only thing that's going to make me feel safe, then that's how it's going to be presented to me. Because it's about me. It's mm-hmm. not about the book. It's not about other people's beliefs. It's about what I feel comfortable with because ultimately, as you said, we're supposed to see ourselves in the text. And in order to do that, we have to be comfortable. So we have to be comfortable with the delivery person just as much as the, the words. I'm thinking out what you're playing down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. You know, I, I just, this is, this is kind of what I've been doing over here on my side is I'm starting to recognize that a lot of the conflict that we're having in the spiritual religion aspect of life is we are saying the exact same things. We're just using different words mm. and it, putting them into a different context, but it, the plot, the premise, everything is still the same. We're all trying to get to our better selves. Mm-hmm. We're just utilizing different equipment to get there. And so I'm kind of trying to bridge that unity, bring some kind of unity, because ultimately mm-hmm. we just want happiness. That is all we all want. We just want to be happy mm-hmm. and not for the sake of somebody else. And so I just want to be that amplified so (laughs) but I totally respect religion and I love listening to it because now I'm in a space that I can hear a person's interpretation and it Mm -hmm. tells me more about the person because I care less about the words Mm. okay okay so Little something about me that you didn't know before. <laughs> it's a little something about you I did not know before. It is. It is. It is. I, I think have you probably. I'm said an what? ogre. I have layers. I'm an ogre. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I think we probably agree probably 80, 85%. And I've always been a person that focuses on the areas that we can't agree on and the areas that we don't agree on. That's just for something at a later date, at a later time. Um, because it really is, doesn't, if I can get to 50, 60, 70%, then it's a good day, right? Because everything else is personal. It could be personal preference or just 
understanding, individual understanding or individual revelation. And we just, you know, we're not always on the same page. So I always try to find where is the commonality and we can start from there. So we I think we're about 80, 85% on the same page. Well, you know, every I've seen a lot of people in the spiritual community say that they've received a download from God. And I was like, first off, I'm not a computer. So no, I did not receive a download. (laughs) I had an expansion of consciousness. And so it allowed me the space and the freedom to have a thought that I was not comfortable having before. But they make it sound like it's special. No, it's not special. You're just doing the work. Calm down. You know, we don't, I I just, I I think for me, and I'm sorry, you can tell I'm getting excited because I start to talk louder. But for me, the same with religion, we really should be teaching inclusiveness. And so when we use words like I received a download or God is talking to me, we are kind of, creating division and there's a way to deliver God's message without making it seem like I'm better than you or I I've got a a higher internet speed than you you know I just and so I think that those people who can speak that language are beneficial Mm -hmm. I just I'm in that neutral space so that way as they progress and lead to a more definitive thought process they have a safe space where they're not going to have to be either way. I can give them that space to be and. You can be religious and spiritual. You know, you don't have to choose. I can't say I follow you there. Um, but I do hear what you're saying. But agreement is not necessary that, on that point. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Now, I hear what you're saying. I don't think, I think sometimes we like preferred words and terminology when they mean very much the same thing. Um, and I think we have to look at intent behind the message that's being conveyed. Um, because someone can say, I, I've gotten a download because we're in a, computer-centric environment where most people have a device in their hand that does receive downloads. You can download apps, this, that, and the other. And that is, in in a sense, an inclusive word choice, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's meant to exclude. It's just something that is familiar and people understand the concept of that. Absolutely. But... no different than I can hear you say I had an expansion. And for me, it means both means the same. It doesn't mean one is inclusive or exclusive in its terminology, but it does depend upon the intent behind the person conveying it. And then sometimes I I find too, because I dwell in both places. I've, I've, I've been afforded the opportunity to dwell or to navigate the religious spectrum and then the um, unchurched or non-religious spectrum um, because I've lived in, and navigated both places. 
And I know in my un, in my own individual unchurchedness, not projecting it upon your feelings, mm-hmm. but in my own unchurchedness, I know that I have brought into church spaces preconceptions, issues, and hurts that have happened before. And when I hear something that sounds remotely like what has injured me previously, I immediately cringe at that thing and then ascribe the new thing with the previous experience. I'm not saying that's what you do, but that's what I have done. Mm-hmm. And what was meant or intended to be peaceable, neutral, um, not threatening, ends up for me internalizing it and making it something that it was not originally intended to be. So it's just really hard as a person who has been charged with speaking the gospel, bringing it forward or um, engaging both sides of the house. It's an ever, it's a ever evolving space where wording changes, intentions of it changes, um, and then trying to figure out what your audience is. It's one of those things where you're constantly trying to make sure that the me- the overall message or the intention is being received. And sometimes we miss the mark because it's almost impossible to always hit everybody where they are if they're not open to be brought into that space. Am I making sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I I can see both sides of it because I've had to navigate and still having to navigate both sides of the, the railroad tracks, if you will. And I think, I don't know if that's a, a good analogy either. <laughs> but you know, in, in all factuality, mm-hmm. It's really difficult if you're using a vernacular. We are in a community now where mm-hmm. words are too literal, you know, um, and it's almost as if we are using them as shields instead of actual weapons. And using weapons is a loose term, not in any kind of violent sense. Mm-hmm. But we're not having appropriate conversations because I actually am very aware now Mm -hmm. that if I'm being triggered, Mm -hmm. I will call attention to it in the moment. Mm -hmm. I will say, Hey, what you just did triggered me. So this energy that you're about to see right now is not your energy, but I have to process through that. So I'm actually able to call attention to that now. Mm-hmm. in a way that I had never been before. So it did, I really have been putting in that extra time mm-hmm. on self. Mm-hmm. So when I'm speaking, I definitely am only speaking about me and what mm-hmm. I've done, but I really had to hold myself accountable. And mm-hmm. I held up my own mirror, broken and all, and was like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we all have to have to navigate that space. I, I do know that, you know, it is very um, 
So I pause a lot. I, I don't know whenever this airs again and people may view it and, and may have feelings about my pausing when I speak. Two reasons for that. I don't like to apologize. I don't. So I pause to make sure that I'm using the words that I really want to use. So if there's a fence that is incurred by my word choice, it really is from a place of me not trying to offend you. So if I were to, if I had to apologize, I said what I meant, but I never meant to harm or wound anybody with my words. So I try really hard to weigh the words that I use before I say them. And then two, I do have a speech impediment. I stutter really, really bad. And I have to pause so that doesn't come across. And I'm a public speaker. It's one of those things. I've been a professional instructor. So it's one of those things that I'm always trying to navigate my way through and which can frustrate others when we're having a conversation. I'll stop and I'll pause and people will assume that I'm done speaking when I'm not because of that. Because um, we and in our society, we laugh at things that we shouldn't laugh at at times. <laughs> and we take great pleasure at other people's issue. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be clear that when I'm pausing, I'm not um, filibustering or all those things. It's just two, those two areas. One, either I'm about to stutter. Two, I want to make sure that the words I'm using are emphatically the words I really want to say. But back to the point, we all should do that, that, that internal work. And we all should be able to say and articulate, hey, you're not offensive, but what you said offended me or it triggered something in me that you had no idea or not completely aware of and give people space to give that full understanding. And you're right. I have a hard time sometimes even accepting invitations to speak on a podcast or on a live interview or what have you, because I find sometimes people listen for offense. People tend to want to find something that you said that to be offended about versus hearing the intention behind the communication. You don't have to like it. I think we also misconstrue or conflate liking with offending. Mm -hmm. So I can say something that you don't like. Doesn't mean it's offensive. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree with it. Doesn't make it offensive. Um, now we want to burn the person down, flame them out, whatever terms that the kids are using these days. And I don't mean kids in a, in a dismissive manner. I'm 46 years old. So anybody. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, she called me a kid. No, mm -hmm. even in that, you can't even say the things that should not be offensive. But people find ways to be offended by things that don't make a lot of sense at times. We just... Instead of hearing what people are really trying to say, it's not what I was. Well, I would have said it this way. So your way is, and that's what I mean, it's the right way. It's just a way. Right. I agree. Um, I, I do try to be a little cautious with my words. And sometimes that backfires on me because the English mm -hmm. language sucks. It does. And, um, where it's not an appropriate way to articulate sometimes the emotion you're in, um, what possibly upsets you, you know, you can't 
say that it's that particular color yellow on a Tuesday is just too much for me, you know, because people are like, that doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't have to make sense to you. But if you love me, I need you to respect me and just understand I'm not asking you to change anything about you. I'm not asking you to coddle me. I'm not asking you anything like that. Just respect if I'm in that space and I communicate that to you. Don't take it personal because mm-hmm. it's not personal. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other day in Walmart when I texted you because mm-hmm. I panicked, the guy took it personal. And I'm in a new space of who I am and Mm -hmm. I definitely have become more childlike in my demeanor and I definitely not intentional, but I was frustrated and he was acting like I was attacking him. And I was like, bro, you're not important. You know, you're, (laughs) you're a cashier at Walmart. Right. And I'm not, that's nothing. That's not taking and disparaging him, but I can't hold the cashier at Walmart responsible for the transactional error that happened with the systems. I'm mature enough to recognize that that's not your fault, sir. But I'm still allowed to be frustrated. And the reason I got pushed over to the edge that caused the conflict Mm -hmm. is because he kept over-rationalizing and over-justifying. And I said, sir, you realize you're over justifying is what's pissing me off. (laughs) Right. And then he was like, ma'am, you can calm down. And I was like, your tone, sir, you really should not be in customer service. Mm. And people can't handle when somebody gives them the truth. I'm sorry. The only thing that I did that was wrong was I called him simple Simon because he was really making me mad. Not simple Simon. He really, he was, he was oversimplifying something in his favor. Like he was trying to make me out to be the villain. And I was like, seriously, I just want my groceries. That's it. I want to go home and feed the kids. That's it. (laughs) You know, so I went home. I got the cash. I had it. I just didn't grab it because I had the card. Right. It, there was some failure but it's like you said with the technical difficulties I was being tested and I succeeded because yeah I was frustrated in the moment but that was the moment right not the man until he made it about him if you want me mad at you I can give you what you want (laughs) (laughs) we don't no we don't want you to be mad But he did cause me to be, he caused me to panic and almost do something that goes against my whole character. And I'm glad that it's, I, I took a breath Mm -hmm. because as soon as certain notifications hit my phone, I was like, WTF, this is not, this is not who we are. Mm -hmm. We're going to step back. We're going to recollect. We're going to do this the right way. Mm -hmm. We're going to push this card off to the side. They can suck it up and we're going to go home and we're going to get the cash and we're going to come back and get the groceries. Right. And the rotisserie, hot rotisserie chicken was sitting on top of the cold pizza. So that was fun. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, you, you, that was my bad. That was my bad. I had to take that L. I had to take that L. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it worked out. And in the end, 
It did. It worked out. And I had a huge blessing come through, you know, so it did, it's, it's ran its course and I'm definitely blessed. And you see, even on Facebook now I'm putting up testimony to say, Hey, my life is a crapshoot right now, but I'm looking at all these little bonuses, you right. know, but since I have you, since this has just been a whole conversation and definitely not an interview, which is exactly what I love. Right. <laughs> I had a situation come up this morning and I just wanted to get your take on it. Okay. So I have two friends and they have taken a break from each other. One is going through some personal stuff and out of respect, the other one is stepped back. One of them is very social, very communicative on social media. Mm-hmm. However, they've never actually put a name to any posts. You would actually have to know the person to say it. This morning, a third party uh, stated that the person who posted on social media was wrong because they weren't considering the other person. And I have a problem with that because in a situation, there are two people. And so the they're both processing and dealing with something, but being told you can't heal and process in your way because it conflicts and could cause discomfort over here. I, I think that's a selfish mindset. I think that, you know, if the person, let's say the the person who posts on social media has Mm -hmm. stepped back and giving you the space that you needed because you've got to process your own healing. So they've done this, but they're hurting because they miss you in their life and they communicate that out loud because they have their own emotions they're going through. I don't think that that was wrong. I feel that there's got to be some mutual understanding. If one was willing to give space, the other should be understanding as long as it's not naming and like, Hey, at 8.42 a.m., this person said this. It's just, it's a release of energy. In a sense. So I understand the privacy aspect of it. However, by saying that one can't heal and process their way to save another person is not healthy. Okay, so you're asking me my take on all of that. Right. Whew. So let me make sure I, I was writing notes. Um, um... I know. I know you. I know you very well. So you didn't have to explain. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is going to be an audio-only podcast or somebody's going to actually watch it. So they're trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening. Uh, I try not to interrupt people. I try. Not always successful. And in my way of not doing that, I have to write my notes on a random envelope. <laughs> honest, it's me. We all know it's me. I, you know, I try to do that, but I suck at those kind of stories. So I'm a very vulnerable person and I, and I, if I'm hurting, I release my energy because I found that that's beneficial to me. Now, if it's situational, if you are aware of the situation, you will know who the players are, but I always keep it very, very big. Okay, so you're the one posting on social media. Correct. A third person who knows both parties. Correct. 
came on and said, hey, Talitha, I know who you're talking about. And it's not cool for you to make those type of comments on social media because it may end up hurting uh, the third. Let's call the third because I need names. Let's call the third party um, Beth Ann. Beth Ann. There you Beth go. Beth Ann. Okay. So you and Beth Ann have been friends for a long time. Beth Ann is having an a existential crisis. Whatever the case may be, Beth Ann needs her space. You're giving Beth Ann space. But you are more of a extrovert in the sense of you need connection, community, and removing that the person removing themselves from your personal space hurts you because that's it it feels it leaves an a, a, a hole in your your life in a sense correct third party third party so beth ann is second party um and third party we'll call them nosy nancy <laughs> so nosy nancy knows what's going on and made a comment to you so i am probably going to reside somewhere in the middle and this is the reason why. Both parties are being selfish to me. And here's how. And, and, and two things can be true at the mm -hmm. same time. It can be true that you are a verbal processor and you process publicly how you're going through and what you're going through. And that's therapeutic for you. I may be a private person and don't want people in my stuff. So you processing publicly works for you, but it's selfish because it's only, you're only concerned about what works for you. And you're not thinking about how it, it impacts me. Mm. Conversely, because I'm a private person and I don't want everybody in my business and I pull away and I tend to draw away, I'm only concerned about how it impacts me and I'm not thinking about you. So the third party is right and wrong. They're right in the sense of, you know, you being public, although you're being vague, the person who, so when Beth Ann reads it, they know you're talking about them and they're going to internalize it and it feels some type of way for Beth Ann. But doesn't that but then at the same time, Beth Ann? I mean, because I... Well, it's involved, it, involves, it involves both of you. Because just like you want people to respect how you process... She wants you to respect how she processes. And both things can be true at the same. It's not, it's not an all or nothing. Life right. is very nuanced. 100% agree with that. And that's, that's where I was really coming from is I was being mm -hmm. told I'm not allowed to heal my way for her, but she's allowed to heal in any way that she deems necessary. And I, I know life's not fair and I respect and love people. I have just reached mm -hmm. a point that I'm no longer going to compromise myself for other people. I don't care what level of importance I put on you. I have a right to feel too. And I think that's what it is. It's, as you stated, we can both exist. You know, it's not to take away from you, mm -hmm. but allow me the space to be me too, because that's why we became friends in the first place. And so, right. you know, it's, I, yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to say is that's where a lot of fights happen is 
it has to be either or and it's not. Right. If, if I did something that upsets you, then approach me and say, hey, I wasn't very comfortable with that or I took issue with that. And I can respect that. However, don't tell me that what I did was wrong because that's what I needed to do in that moment because waking up and crying over somebody is not fun. Right, right. <laughs> I, I just hope y'all can find a, a middle ground Oh, we, her and I are um, going to be fine. I, yeah. Her and I will that, be yeah, fine. Because I, I, you, we're both stubborn, you know, and I completely love her and I respect her. And I know that the words weren't coming from her. The issue is the fact that a lot, of, there's a few people who know what's going on. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just her and I, I love her. You know, I'm going to give her the same respect I would somebody I was dating. That's how deep the love I have for her goes. And so, mm-hmm. excuse me, but I just, I really feel that a lot of conflicts that have happened in my life are because I keep allowing little hummingbirds in my ear to put emotion that I don't carry. Mm. So... But I'm actually really excited because our our time went longer than ex- expected. And I I really appreciate that. And we never no really way. get to talk. No, you know? we don't. So, it's always business. It's always business. And so I think that this was actually healthy for the both of us. Um, because I did get to see Nakia. Not my vice president. (laughs) She is, she's a very beautiful human. And saying that, it segues into this part, which is the goddess seat. Oh. The goddess seat is where I just show you some love and uh, just let you know how much I appreciate you. Um, You know, a lot of people don't know. Last year, I went through a really dark time. Mm -hmm. Sheila ran towards me. You Mm -hmm. stood strong. You said, lady, I'm not going anywhere, but I got my own stuff I've got going on. I'm here if you need me. And you became a buoy. And it (laughs) it was a very important part of my healing. And so I just want to give you your flowers because I know as women, we internalize a lot Mm -hmm. and you allowed enough space to still be my friend, even though I knew you were going through a difficult time because of the time of year. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I appreciate what you do for the chapter, the look that we've got going, the elegance you're allowing us that freedom to be a little ratchet sometimes, but just snap us back if we get a little, <laughs> you know, we can do a little rump shaking sometimes, you know, but I just, you know, I, I say, you know, a lot. And then I say, sound like I'm from Canada or Minnesota and I'm not, I'm from here, <laughs> but <laughs> you really are an amazing woman. And I know that you are speaking the word of God and you're allowing his words to come through you and dance. 
And I know that it's very critical for a large pocket of society. And, you know, you are definitely doing God's work and I just appreciate you and I love you. And that's the goddess seat, (laughs) ma'am. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been um, an interesting ride. And I don't mean that in a negative way, watching you go through your process. Um, You know, sometimes you prefer someone to navigate the way you think they should. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't go the way you think it should, you're like, I don't know about this. So it's been wonderful watching the process. It would not be the way I would want you to do it, but I'm glad you did it your own way. It's been hard, (laughs) but I receive and appreciate that. And, um, You know, I just definitely am trying to do my calling. And my calling is to build a Celtic braid of community. I want to take us back to the energy of Little House on the Prairie, just in a modernized world. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that a lot of our practices, our old morals are great. They just have to be modernized. And Mm -hmm. so I really am trying to embody that and allow those true life ethical pieces of being a good person Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be seen in a more fun light. Um, So that's kind of what I'm hoping to do here. Well, there's never going to be any kind of rhyme or reason to my show. and I have a feeling that it's it's going to go someplace because I'm at the seat. <laughs> you definitely have a community and a space and a niche of people who need to, who need this type of space. And so they need a voice. And who else? Who else? Who better? Right. <laughs> who better than you to do that, to give them space so- and a voice? Do you have any public platforms that you would like people to follow you on? Do you have any kind of parting words of wisdom? Um, you know, this is this is your time right now. Uh, just Ooh. give it to us. Oh, yeah. I don't like myself to be a sage or uh, 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 or that type of person, but parting words would be to allow your to check in with yourself in whatever capacity that is um, and to be okay with not being okay. I think that we have lived a life of always putting on the facade of being good and being okay and being um, Teflon and there's no holes in whatever the case is. And that's not something that's uh, sustainable over a long period of time and it ends up costing you more on the long run than you gain from that. So allow yourself time to check in with yourself and be honest with yourself. If you're not okay, then not be okay. Absolutely. And then identify what's not okay and do something about those things that are not okay. If you want to stay in the bed for 36 hours and sleep, then your soul must be tired and you need that. And then, then do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I I am a weight loss coach, but I don't advocate it because I think sometimes we need to eat the cake. 
or the ice cream. One of my sayings was eat the cookie. Just eat the cookie. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. And focus on just being healthy and not a size. That's where we mess up in America, in, in the Western world. We don't have those body image issues as much in Europe and some of the other places and spaces because they allow life to be li- to be lived. Right. To live that social media. Um, for I have a Nakia Oshai public figure page. There are two of those. There's an author page, and then there's one that I do my weight loss stuff on, and then there's my private page. I don't give everybody because I want to be able to be me, and I don't need judgment. <laughs> Just for the record, we're still judging her. It's just (laughs) a little bit more silent. (laughs) Right. Um, Instagram, you can reach me on Nakia Shy or hashtag retired and got time. Absolutely. Yeah. I have really enjoyed this time with you. I think this is something that we should implement in a more personal setting. I'll take you offline for that one. This is not the flip. Okay. But this 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 uh the setup right here definitely can be beneficial to the chapter and I'm all on board. Oh, so please. um I just yeah, I just appreciate you and I am going to do the outro now. You ready for that? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues. We all.